0: For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So today I want to share with you some of the things I've learned about forgiveness. I like to talk about something that I know and have experienced myself, not just ideas. And, um, and these are things that I believe will help you with forgiveness. Forgiveness, first of all, is an attribute of love. But before I go on with forgiveness, I want to back up a ways just a little bit here. God has given this church a big vision for St. Paul. Yes. And it's not our vision. It's not Vern's vision. It's not Pastor Nate's vision. It's not my vision. It's God's. God gave that to us. And he's made it very clear many times and I've heard Vern teach us from the pulpit many times he's made it clear that unity in this body is required for us to fulfill his vision. Can't have people going off in different directions. We've got to have unity. And we can see some of the examples of the importance and even the power of unity when we look in the book of Acts. The day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord. Look what happened. The Holy Spirit fell for the first time. He used to fall on people. This time he fell in people. They were baptized. They were immersed in the Spirit. And 3,000 people got saved. And it said... In Acts 2.42, which is a little farther down from that event. I like to read my Bible. I like to, now that I have new glasses, I can actually see it. <laughs> so, and it says, they, the, it says, those who gladly received his word were baptized. That was Peter's word when he preached under the power of the Holy Ghost. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And then farther down, in verse 47, they were praising God and they had favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That's the power of unity. Yes. That's the power of unity. Yes. Well, unity has an enemy. Like everything God does, there's always an enemy. Yes. One of the enemies that unity faces is strife. And strife is a bad word. It might not be a four-letter word, but it's a bad word. <laughs> and we don't want it. In James 3.16, James 3.16, it says, it talks about strife. It says, where en- envy and strife exist, confusion and every evil work is there. Not some evil works, not one or two, but every evil work strife opens the door for everything evil strife is bad it's a bad word like I said it's a bad so instead of strife Jesus tells us that we need to walk in love so if you go to John 13 34 These are Jesus's words. They're in red letters in the Bible I'm reading from. He's talking to his disciples. He says, "A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another." Yes. So love is the key. Yes. You can't have unity without love. Yes and where there is love there will be unity and love does not take an offense it never takes an offense like i said earlier forgiveness is an attribute of love in romans 510 god reconciled us through jesus while we were still his enemies We are going to have enemies. We are going to have people that hurt us. We are going to have people that come against us. Sometimes on purpose, just to be mean or because of evil. Sometimes not on purpose. There are times people hurt us even though they didn't mean to hurt us. But we get hurt nonetheless. So what do we do with that hurt when we get it? What do we do with that? Because we need to walk in love. It's really hard to walk in love with hurt in our heart. Well, Jesus told uh, told his disciples to love his en- their enemies. I can just imagine their faces when he said that, because these were the guys that wanted Jesus to. Send fire and brimstone down on everybody, you know. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I got a better way. My way is the right way. He says, I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Wow. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, I have a question. Is Jesus fair? Yes, he is. Would he ask us to do something we could not do? But he told us to do this. Humanly, this is impossible. I can tell you that right now. Humanly, this is impossible. But thank God we have the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts. We can release God's love. And that love is more powerful than our human ability. And forgiveness is a big, big key to that. So I'm going to read a couple of verses about offenses because Mark eleven twenty-five. If I can get the pages to come apart. There they go says whenever you stand praying if you have anything against anyone forgive forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses remember in the Lord's prayer one of the phrases in the Lord's prayer was forgive those who trespass against us so he wants us to forgive and then He actually takes it a little farther than that. Matthew 5, 23. We were over here earlier. It says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So not only do we have to be concerned with our own being offended, but sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to show you that you may have offended somebody else. Offense is, 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 it can lead to a root of bitterness. It can harm a lot of people. You know, there's times when it's like, and I've done this myself, when you're angry with someone and you're asking for prayer, but what you're really doing is just taking an opportunity to complain about all the bad things that person has done to you. Not really asking for prayer. You're just sharing that offense and trying to get someone else to join you on that offense. Get someone else to hook up with you. And that's how eventually that leads to church splits. I've lived through some church splits. And that's how it starts. It can start with a simple offense that somebody takes to someone else instead of to the person that's involved in that offense. Well, then we've got in chapter 6 of Matthew 12 through 15. A little farther down, he talks us. This is the Lord's Prayer where he says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And, and do not lead us into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Forgiveness can block us. It can hinder us and make it hard for us to receive the grace of God, the blessings of God. We don't ever want to put ourselves in that position. Never. The way I've looked at it is almost like you put up an umbrella, and the umbrella says offense all over it, and you're wearing that umbrella. And God's just pouring down his blessings. But because you've got this unforgiveness in your heart, you can't receive them. You can't. Not because God's not giving them to us, because he's given us the blessings. But your heart has put up a wall. It's put up this thing called offense that prevents you from receiving all the goodness and blessings of God. Forgiveness is not about the other person. That's right. It's about you. Yes. Yes. It's for you. It's for your benefit to forgive. I heard somebody say in a message I heard, was listening to last week, one, a preacher I was listening to, and it said, Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. <laughs> And I heard that, and it jumped into my head. I was just like, wow, that is so true. Funny, but true. So, and it's true because when I have unforgiveness in my heart, I am the one who suffers. Yes. Right. They might not even know you're carrying it, and they may not even care. Right. Well, when I committed my life to Jesus, forgiveness was not something I knew how to do. Matter of fact, my motto in life up to then had been, "I don't get angry; I get even." And I had my friends all said, "Dav, don't, don't step on Jane's toes. She will hurt you. you. She will hurt you. She will find a way to hurt you." And that's how I lived. And then. I connected with Jesus and I kept hearing all these messages about forgiveness. And I went, how am I supposed to do that? I don't even, you know, I, I don't know. And so one thing I had to learn is forgiveness is a choice. Just like love is not a gooey ooey gooey feeling, it's a choice. If you read 1 Corinthians 13, the description of love, it's a choice. It's not a feeling, it's a choice. It's something you choose to go to do. And just because you choose to forgive, that doesn't mean the hurt goes away in that instant. It takes it may take God, depending on how deep the hurt is and, and what God needs to do to touch that hurt. Jesus heals the brokenhearted. Yes. The Bible promises us that. But it takes time sometimes for that hurt to be healed. I've had some really, really hard stuff happen to me. Really evil stuff. And I was kinda looking back at some of the hard things I had to forgive. And I remembered when I was reading in Matthew, Jesus told Peter he had to forgive 70 times seven daily. 490 times a day, and I'm like, how many people are coming after this guy? <laughs> and then you know what what God showed me? Sometimes it's the same person. Yeah. The thoughts come in your head, I have to forgive them. Five minutes later, the thought comes in your head, I have to forgive them. You know, and and I had a tendency to just Brood on those thoughts and let those thoughts run over and over and over again in my head, especially about 2, 3 in the morning when I really needed to be sleeping. And I would just replay that hurt over and over and over. And I would say, God, how do I get this out of my head? Take it away from me. What do I do? How do I get it out of my head? How do I turn this off? Well, you know what he showed me? Philippians 4.8. We're gonna go there. You can't just turn a thought off. It doesn't work. Our minds weren't made that way. What we do is we replace it with a different thought. And that's what Philippians 4.8 tells us. It tells us what to think about. Yes. This is what we think about. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I don't think offense fits into any of those categories. It doesn't. So, well, do you remember Matthew 5 44? That's where Jesus told his disciples that they had to, he, he wanted them to love their enemies. Well, the other thing he told them is, you need to pray for them. You need to pray for your enemies. And I'm like, okay, that's gone too far. I am not praying for the man that abused my children. I am not gonna do that. No way, I cannot do that. That hurt is, that man is just too evil. I can't pray for him. But there it is in the word. Jesus said, pray for him. Pray for those people that despitefully used you. Like, oh Lord, how do I do this? I can't even come up with words I can speak out of my mouth. Thank God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Because I can pray in tongues. I don't have to know what I'm praying, but I can pray in tongues. (laughs) And I can do that. And I can pray for my enemies and pray in the Spirit. And then I don't have to worry about the words coming out. But here's one of the things that I found happening with me. As I prayed in the Spirit, The anger started to dissolve. The hurt started to dissolve. It all went away. And pretty soon I could just pray. And I could pray with my words and be sincere when I prayed for my ex-husband. I could do that. It was hard at first. It got easier and easier. And I can tell you to this day, I don't like him very much. I don't like the evil that he did to my family. But I do love that man. And I want him to be born again. I want him to be in heaven. I want that. And I know he was a hurting man. And hurting people hurt other people. That's what happens. That's what happens. And so... Eventually that hurt was totally healed. I don't have any hurt that I can think of that I carry in my heart right now. And so that's a very freeing place to be when you don't have to worry about hurt or reacting to people based on a hurt that that you've been carrying around inside your heart. It's a freeing place to be. Well, here's one of the other things I found. Who is the hardest person for you to forgive. <laughs> Diane's got it. <laughs> me. <laughs> for me it's me. I am the hardest person. It is hard for me to forgive myself. When I know I've screwed up. When I know <laughs> my son lives with me right now and sometimes I just say things a little bit smartly. And I hurt him. And I know I do. And yet I did it anyway. And, because I'm mad, because I'm irritated, he's annoyed me, he's done so many, you know, this, that, I have all kinds of excuses and reasons. And if I don't forgive right away, if I take that offense and don't forgive right away, then I can retaliate with some smart remark that comes out of my mouth. And then I spend the next two days kicking myself. Oh, I didn't walk in love. Oh, I didn't show him love. Oh, how could I have done that? Blaming myself for all all of his choices at that moment. All of those things happen. The devil just comes with one lie after another. He just loves to pound our heads full. Well, here's some things that have helped me learn to forgive myself. First thing is Romans. I always go to the Word of God. The Word of God is stable. It's steady. It's something you can trust. You can count on it. It will never lead you wrong. Never. And so whenever anything happens in my life, I'm like, okay, I need your word on this, Lord. What's the word on this? What do you have to say about this? What do I do? How do I do it? And so Romans 14 Sorry, the pages are sticking a little bit. Okay, I got it. And first we'll read verse 4. It says, Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Yes. When I'm looking at myself, I have to recognize the fact that I am God's servant. I don't even have the right to judge myself. I don't have the right. I can repent and confess my sins and repent, and then they'll be as far as the east is from the west. He throws everything into the sea of forgetfulness. He forgets it. It's done. But I don't have the right to judge myself when I don't walk in love. So then there's a couple of verses, and then it said in verse 7 it goes, For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. I'm his. I'm in him. He's in me. I'm his. Christ in me, me in Christ. And for to, the, to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. So then it talks, continues on and talks about judging your brother. We don't judge people. We can judge the fruit of people, yes. but we don't judge the people. People are not our enemies. The Bible's pretty clear. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against the principalities and the powers of darkness. That's our fight. That's our battle. And when we take an offense, we are bringing that battle down to a personal level. We are no longer fighting the true enemy. We are fighting a person, a person that Jesus died for. Person that he gave his life for, that he was tortured for. We don't have the right to do that. We do not have the right to do that. And another thing that I thought about was, what if someone I really, really love dearly, like a really good friend, someone that I would want to support through their tough times? family member, friend, what would I say to them if they came to me with the offense, with the unforgiveness that I'm carrying towards myself? I'd be a lot more merciful. I'd be a lot more gracious. If my grandson came to me and he had screwed up or whatever and he told me he was sorry, would I stay mad at him? No. No. Would I want to punish him or hurt him? No. No, I would not. I would love him and tell him it's okay. I love you. I forgive you. It's okay. Don't be so hard on yourself. So those were some of the the tips, some of the things I've learned over the years about forgiveness. But I'll tell you what the best thing to do is not even need forgiveness. Not even need to forgive. We can stop an offense before it takes root in our in our hearts. And this is the last thing I have to say. I had a pastor who really lived walking in love. She just oozed love out of every pore of her body, Pastor Claudia. That woman, even to this day, she When I look at her, she is my example of how to love. Because I've watched her. I've watched her for years. And I've watched her. And she told me something that I never forgot that has helped me when someone, especially when they use words to hurt me, that hurts me. She said, words are seeds. The Bible talks about the word being a seed. The word of God being a seed and it goes out and depending on the heart has different results. Well, words are seeds. There's either good seeds or black evil seeds, but words are seeds. Because I have the love of God in my heart, I can reject the black seeds when they're thrown at me. I don't have to allow them to take root in my heart. I don't have to allow them to create an offense in me and take an offense. Many times somebody will say something and it just goes right over my head because I've become very practiced at not receiving those black seeds. So I just want to encourage everybody. Forgiveness is, it can seem like a hard thing. I mean, it's, it's, but it's God he loves us and he wants what's best for us and he wants us to be free and we cannot love the way he designed us to love if we have offenses and unforgiveness and hurts unresolved hurts in our heart we can't do it we don't you know and his truth and his word bring freedom and forgiveness is a word that can bring freedom. It brings freedom. It brought a lot of freedom into my life and I'm believing God, it'll bring a lot of freedom into all of your lives. So that's the end of what I have to say today.